Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable, an ongoing conversation on poverty, UBI, and electoral politics. This conversation was recorded on Tuesday, March 17th, 2020, with our group B. Okay. There Damn it, robot overlord. <laughs> it's nice to see you, Don. It's always good to have one of my nerdy friends here. It makes me feel good. <laughs> I'm alive. It's hard. It's hard. I'm still recovering from... It's yeah. still hard recovering from... The long ass drives. I tell you what. Yeah, you're the only person from outside of my Yang life that I've invited into this podcast. And well, you, probably uh, because I'm one of the few people who's involved. So I really appreciate it that you're back. <laughs> you make me comfortable. Anyway, I'm well, sorry. unfortunately, the fir- the last time was you know because I was out of town, so. Mm-hmm. Give, give, given other nerdy friends of yours hugs. What were you doing out of town? Let's see. I went to Minneapolis mm-hmm. to go see Sean and Lonely Rolling Stars mm-hmm. and do a video game marathon and stuff. So, yeah. Nice. I, 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 yeah, go on. I had that planned for a while. Well, I'm glad you're back. Um, as much as I want to talk about all this stuff, I will later with you, but uh, I should probably keep it on top. <laughs> but, um, so Evelyn, Evelyn, you are here for the first time, and Evelyn is a nickname, and uh, welcome. I'd like to welcome you, and I'd like to let you introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is really Robin, and uh, when I realized that people on Discord were frequently choosing nicknames rather than going by their real names, I thought, I know, I'm going to go by Evelyn Wannabe because I want to be Evelyn Yang. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I mean, just to be that close to uh, our hero, Andrew, uh, must be uh, like being in heaven. But uh, uh, I also really admire her. Uh, It's so hard to just be a mom of even uh, one or two normal kids to have um, uh, a child who's on on the autism spectrum uh, and be trying to deal with raising that child at the same time as dealing with your husband being gone pretty much 100% of the time on the campaign trail and then even having to go uh, fly out to join him to um, support him and make statements to um, millions of people uh, about um, things like uh, the... the uh, autism spectrum the and dealing with uh disabilities in general in in our country i, I mean i just think that that like she is over the top uh amazing thank you you're welcome i don't know all that much about evelyn you really so i'm glad to have you here you will inform me and all of our listeners that don't know so um welcome to the yang gang round table I have three. Yeah. Well, yes. Welcome you and, and welcome everybody. Um, shall we uh, shall we begin the, the formal program where we do the roundtable for a half hour and then we can get to the open discussion? Because as Kiko pointed out, um, our topics are changed on Wednesday. It's Tuesday. A lot's happened this week, so they feel a little bit dated. Um, but we're going to do them in the interest of everyone in, in, in this big group uh, covering the same speaking points. And then we'll go on to... Uh, newer stuff in the informal discussion for the second half of the show. So um, each speaker will have two minutes to speak on each topic. 
If you'd like to respond to another speaker during their time, type R in the chat, and I will call on you to make a 30-second response when they are finished. You will have time to expound on each topic during the informal discussion, which will follow the roundtable. Unless you are in a silent environment, please keep your mic muted when you are not speaking. Today, we have two topics to discuss. Uh, I will begin with the first, uh, Yang's endorsement of Biden. And um, Kiko, you are at the bottom of the chat. I'm going to start bottom because i don't think i've even i hope i said hello to you um are you here all right kiko is afk <laughs> that's okay i'm sure she'll be back in a minute um Distan, would you are you would you like to begin yes i can um so yeah the, with... the yang endorsement of biden yeah go on oh kiko was trying to say something oh oh did she disappear kiko are you back sorry sorry i, I just no that's okay oh, you know I what i i, I uh I I, uh, I threw you off by going from the bottom to the top. Uh, I started with you, so that's okay. Please, um, I, I, just, I I just finally found where the uh, the button for unmuting the mic for. So, oh, <laughs> okay, gotcha, Sorry. gotcha. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, okay, so should I start or should I should we yes. go back to this one? Oh, okay. The sorry, sorry. endorsement of Biden by Yang that was that was a shocker. I mean, please give us your thoughts on that. Sure. So it's been a while already. So I want to just um, bring in the new stuff to new element to this yeah, uh, discussion. Do. So um, was it yesterday when Andrew tweeted a series of tweets about the? Um, oh no no no! This was during the debate. You know he was he was um, tweeting live tweeting the debate. Remember? I don't know if anybody was following. And he said that um, Joe mentioned that he he, uh, he committed to having a women VP. And he said uh, something like, but that wasn't what we spoke. <laughs> what, what, that wasn't what he said when we, when we spoke. Right, yeah, and I do remember so that. so that was really interesting because, you know, we don't really know exactly what he meant by that. A lot of people said, oh, that's just a joke. Um, and some people took it as a sign that um, that's what was promised to him in exchange for endorsement. There's no way we can find out what the truth is. Um, but my impression is that the timing was a little interesting, you know, his endorsement. I think he did the right thing. You know, he always said that he was going to endorse the nominee, which I think, you know, Biden clearly at this point is going to be the nominee. The math is, you know, just against Bernie. Um, but... You know, that tweet was cryptic and interesting. Was this really the case if, you know, was he was he kind of, you know, offered the VP position in exchange for endorsement? And if that's the case, you know, what would that mean? And now that he's not offered the VP position, you know, then what would that mean? You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I mean, you know, after after I would say like a month, we probably won't even be talking about this. This is probably going to be kind of a, you know, uh, buried in whatever is going to happen in the next month. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, realistically speaking, I, I don't think it's really going to be that of a big deal. But, um, you know, I, I just thought that that tweet was kind of interesting. Uh, so I want to, I, I'm interested to hear about what other people think of that. Yeah, I, I did see that tweet too. And I always 
think back to uh oh a quote that news was running where yang uh, was praised by biden as being like a really smart kid and you're gonna have a shot i got a place in my administration i'm gonna call you the first day but i don't know if he ever actually explicitly said anything about vp right. so i never thought Probably it was gonna not. happen personally but uh, yeah, i'm glad you brought that tweet up i don't think we we really touched on it um evelyn meeting I think it's really a crying shame that after 20 something candidates, uh, we are down to two doddering old white men, neither of which is truly even a Democrat, uh, one of whom is uh, a socialist and the other of whom is a closet Republican. Like, how did we get into this mess? Uh, so, um, uh, given that we are down to, uh, a, a race between my 20th choice and my 19th choice, I'm really glad that <laughs> Yang picked my 19th choice. Uh, I think that, uh, I do think it's important, uh, to, uh, try and unify at least the Democrats, if not the whole country at this time. Uh, so I, I think that uh, Yang did the right thing by endorsing uh, the whoever the front runner was. And I'm glad it wasn't Bernie because Bernie is so anti-Yang, anti-UBI, anti-almost everything we stand for. I don't understand the people who cross over between uh, the Yang and, and Bernie camps. It just doesn't make any sense to me because like Bernie, Bernie is anti capitalist and um yang is human capitalist this this it makes no sense to me but that said uh i mean at least um uh biden has paid some lip lip service to the fourth industrial revolution um and uh he uh, despite whatever you think of his uh cognitive skills at this stage in his life uh he does seem uh able to adapt to some degree uh to changing times whereas bernie has uh, I don't know why people think it's so great that Bernie has stuck with the exact same message for 30 years. I think that we have to adapt to changing times. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a uh, for now, it's a good thing that um, Yang endorsed Biden. And uh, I think that um, after this election is over, the next thing that uh, the Yang gang really needs to to focus on is either reforming or toppling the DNC. Thank you very much, Evelyn. That is a different perspective than we've had. It was very good <laughs> to hear. Um, we'll talk more about that in the open discussion, I'm sure. Um, but this Don, I'd like to, I'd like to give you a chance to respond to the prompt now. Considering the things that have happened in the last week and a half since yang did his endorsement i'm pretty sure he's regretting it now yeah i think so too um between uh biden deciding that he's going to go for a female vp mostly just so that he can get more female voters since he is not he's not very appealing to the female side of the voting block because of his terrible very very closet republican views on you know planned parenthood and abortion and a lot of things he's just very very status quo very i'm not going to do a damn thing for anyone and just keep everything the same and if republicans get a majority in congress then that just means that we're going to abolish abolish abortion 
I mean, he is as much as I agree that there are times when Bernie can seem way further left than he actually is mostly because of how far right the entirety of our country's politics has been pushed over the last 30 years. Bernie probably does have the slightly better human centered uh, policies with universal health care and a few other more social European inspired things. However, the way he's trying to do it is not necessarily the greatest. And I figured that maybe he would, uh, Yang would endorse Bernie in hopes of being a VP to level him out and execute the UBI program and a better structured program of universal healthcare. Yeah. I mean, I, I also was hoping that Yang would back Bernie. Um, I feel pretty much the same, uh, but you know, like Evelyn wants to respond as well. Oh, um, Oh, I'm not watching the correct channel. That's right. I created a documents channel. Thank you, Evelyn. Uh, please. Well, I watched a YouTube video uh, where a support uh, where somebody who might have been a Yang supporter or might have been one of the Yang Bernie crossovers, I don't know, uh, stood up and asked uh, Bernie Sanders what he thought of UBI a la Andrew Yang's proposal. And Bernie goes, oh, well, I have a much better idea. And he starts going on and on about his jobs program. And, you know, we all know. Uh, mm-hmm. about the 15% success rate of the jobs programs. Yeah. Uh, I think that Bernie, oh, and also uh, listening, I, like in preparation for uh, today's podcast, I went back and listened to some of the earlier podcasts. And uh, um, so knowing about Bernie's um, uh, economic uh, advisor, uh, Stephanie, I can't think of her last name. Anyway, whatever uh, the Jacqueline the, reference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like I had actually uh, seen some some things about her earlier and MMT. I think MMT sounds like the biggest BS. Uh, it, uh, I can't I cannot imagine how anybody could possibly say solve your monetary problems by printing more money in light of what that is known to do for inflation. I am I am retired. Uh, and the last thing I need is inflation. Mm-hmm. So like um, I think Bernie's monetary and fiscal policies totally stink. He is anti-UBI. Um, like while he might actually believe in his heart of hearts that he is pro uh, the little person, he's his policies are counter to the little person. He wants a paternalistic system where, you know, with, with the qualified uh, uh, welfare, the qualified entitlements um, that, uh, that Andrew is specifically trying to fight. So like, you know, I don't think Biden is, uh, is wonderful either. I, I'm, Mm -hmm. like I said, they were like my 19th and 20th choice, but, uh, there's a reason why, uh, Biden was merely 19th and Bernie was have you here because you represent a a perspective that is pretty common and we actually did not have representation for. So I'm really looking forward to 
trying to figure out how you arrived at, at those like those decisions and those positions during during some of the open discussion. Um, thank, you. thank you. Let's let's get to the second topic. Um, I'm going to start with you this time, Distan, and it's it's you know an ongoing thing, a little bit more timely than the Yang Biden endorsement. The uh, the stock market crash. We were just kind of talking about it. So it's it's you know it's kind of happening right now. I think at the Dow Jones on a ticker behind me. I'm going to turn around for a second. Uh, uh, we're we're up two percent from yesterday's col or you know, colossal crash. Uh, so that's you know two percent up. Um, I mean, done. Yeah, what do you think? the stock market. <laughs> I mean, this was going to happen, coronavirus or no coronavirus. Um, the way that the market has been fluctuating so greatly, based upon our dear great leader, that is with the most sarcasm I can possibly put forward. His tweets on Twitter have just exacerbated market volatility that is in direct response to the last four years of Obama going 100% neoliberal, going 100% more on the conservative side of things and allowing for the Republican end of the parties to pass and enact way more you know, corporate and wealthy favoring tax cuts and uh, loopholes and exceptions for uh, taxes. And now the three, almost four years we've had of Trump, it's just like, how, how do people not realize that this is just an inflated version of what was going to happen in the first place? As far as the stock market, we're, we're look, we're on the verge of great depression. Number two here after yesterday, you know, overtaking the percentile, uh, crash, of that started the great depression. And this is not even the first percentile day that has gone, you know, over 5% of a loss of the NASDAQ of the Dow Jones. And the fact that our complete utter reliance on Reaganomic trickle-down economics is so antiquated and stupid because that's not getting the economy moving. You don't create jobs by giving money to the wealthy. The wealthy can create jobs anyway. It's unless you give them the money after they've created jobs as, as some sort of a you must create X jobs and produce X amount of, you know, income for citizens to put back into the economy before they can get that tax cut. There's no, there's no reason whatsoever for any of this to happen. They spent 1.5 trillion with a T dollars bailing out various companies, even if it's quote unquote a loan that may be paid back. We still, after that, took another what was what was the final end result like 15 to 20 percent dive in the fucking dow jones how how does that tell you that you are succeeding in any any way we need to go the opposite direction we need to put money in the hands of people like evelyn like us like everyone in the country who is currently either on indefinite hiatus from work, lowered hours, um, even those with PTO-funded time off or salaried teachers like my wife. I mean, just because one of two 
individuals in a household can get their regular income during the closures of schools and businesses to try and curb the spread of this, you know, disease that has popped up that is a pandemic. We we need we need a UBI stimulus like yesterday. Thank you. Yeah, we do. Evelyn. Well, so I am retired and I am dependent upon my investments. Um that said, I, I do have confidence that at some point uh, the market will rebound and that I will come out uh, at least okay. Um, you know, not as not as well off as I might have been, but I think I'll probably survive. Um, and but you know, there's like not only are there many retirees like myself who are dependent upon their investments. Uh, there are also, uh, there are also, uh, retirees who are dependent upon pensions that are largely funded by investment funds. Um, uh, companies that have, um, a positive balance, um, they tend to invest that positive balance back into the stock market or, uh, securities in general. Uh, so this is also going to affect businesses all over the place. Um, so, uh, it's, you know, it's easy to go, oh, well, you know, I'm just a poor person and I'm not invested in the stock market. So this doesn't affect me, but, um, it, that's not true. It is going to affect you, uh, because as businesses lose in the stock market, uh, they will have, uh, less cushion with which to, do things like um, pay furloughed employees while they're off on coronavirus leave uh, or to give uh, extra compensation when they do get back to work. Um, so it's, it's going to affect everybody. Uh, I, I, let's see, there, there was something else I wanted to say in there. Um, I, I, I had a look. Oh, well, I saw a comparison between this and Black Monday in 1987. Uh, and I think that there are a few differences, um, but I was unable to really research them. I like I did a few search terms in Google, but didn't really come up with anything. So one of the things that I'm uh, wondering about is um, uh, monetary liquidity at the moment. I know that uh, the Fed, which is just about out of ammunition, uh, is trying to persuade banks to uh, increase liquidity. And that will actually help uh, because like, you know, right now, if you are, let's say you're a middle class homeowner and but you're really threatened by the, the loss of income represented by the coronavirus or a small business owner, uh, liquidity uh, and easy ease of gaining loans at very, very low interest rates is very attractive. And that's really going to help a lot, actually. Uh, I mean, it doesn't directly help the poor people, but it is going to help with stimulating the economy. It is a good idea, but I don't really under, I don't, don't have a good feeling about uh, the relationship between today's liquidity and the uh, 1987 liquidity that helped rebound from Black Monday. Another thing that's different uh, about today is that there are so many more bots 
doing the investment for you. So like, you know, you still see all these news reports talking about psychological response to um, current events. And um, the thing that I do not know and don't even know how to research is the relationship or the not even the relationship, the ratio between emotional disinvestment and bot disinvestment. I mean, like the bots might just be going, oh, you know, here's what's happening with the the, the federal interest rates and here's what's happening in um, uh, the business world and and here's what the trends are. I mean, like usually mostly the bots are, are, are paying attention to trends more than, than anything else. And if the trend is down, the bot goes, oh, I better sell. Uh, and like, there's really no human input uh, at all. So that's my thank my you, thoughts. Evelyn. Yeah. You're welcome, Kiko. Yeah. So I'm going to refrain from talking about the actual, you know, stock market crash or what that means to the U.S. economy because I'm really, you know, nowhere near of an expert. Um, you know, as a lot of people already out there, really, you know, putting out a lot of opinions. Um, so I want to share my observation of kind of interesting narratives that are that have been happening in the last couple of weeks. Like when the stock market first started crashing, I saw some, more than some, a lot of yang yang saying, "Well, I'm not affected by this at all," and you know I feel a little of a glee in like you know seeing people panicked over the stock market crash, and now. With this coronavirus, you know, it's the, uh, you know, gig, um, gig workers and freelancers that are really hurting. And now I see that people who are not really being hurt by this, you know, say that, oh, you know, I, you know let's support uh, the local businesses. But, you know, at the same time, they're like, they, they just shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, you know, because it doesn't really affect them. So there are all these different narratives that have I've seen in the last couple of weeks, you know, depending on where you are, and this is another reason that uh, emergency UBI is really needed, not only because it would put money, you know, it would just inject cash into the economy and in the hands of people who really need it, but also to just kind of unite all these different narratives and make people feel that our government helps us all in the same way. You know, I think that kind of psychological unity would be really important. Yeah. This concludes today's roundtable discussion. Stay tuned in episode 19 for the same recording sessions open discussion.